Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I think I've got everything right down this side. If you're in Sunday school between prep and grade six, you're out the back with our Sunday school teachers. Praise the Lord. They are waiting for you out there now, so why don't you head off out there? It's good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. I, for one, am very glad to be in God's house this morning because uh, for those of you who are not aware, maybe you're wondering why I've got my hand all bandaged up. I was in a car wreck on Tuesday night and uh, someone decided they would try and uh, cut in front of me while I was doing 80 kilometers an hour. They turned right in front of me. Um, I was looking at the skid marks today on the way to church at the intersection where it happened and I only started braking about a car length before the intersection. So I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know why he thought he was going to be able to make it. But you know, God is good. And I was talking to the young people on uh, Friday night at youth about um, how when we live our life according to God's purpose and to God's plan, we don't have to worry about things like that happening. I remember when it all happened in the aftermath of it all, I was lying on the hospital bed and I remember not feeling angry, not feeling frustrated, not really feeling a whole lot of pain because I had given me some pretty amazing painkillers. But I remember thinking, I'm glad I'm living my life in God's plan because it takes the uncertainty of the future out of the equation. You no longer have to worry about what's going to happen. If that was my time to leave, I'd be in a good place right now. Amen. I'd feel sorry for all the rest of you <laughs> and for Brother Kenneth, who would probably have to manage things while I was gone. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, we have a certainty in following Jesus, and it is a certainty that the world cannot offer. Amen. It's a certainty in knowing that our future is secure, no matter what life brings, knowing that God is in control of everything. It's telling our young people, God was not surprised to see me crash. Um, as a matter of fact, um, someone came to me uh, this morning and told me that God had laid them on my heart, even that day at two o'clock. They felt like God was saying, pray for, pray for the pastor. He's going to need prayer. And so they prayed. You know, and, and this is how God operates in the body. Amen. I also want to take just a couple minutes to thank everybody who's, who's called me and messaged me. Thank you to Sister Minnie as well. She's been just such a blessing to, to Sister Janie and myself. She looked after Jonathan on Tuesday night after I was in uh, the emergency department. She's cooked us a couple of meals. She's looked after Jonathan on Saturday. She's a blessing. Why don't we just give her a hand clap just to show how much we appreciate her. Thank you, Sister Minnie. Amen, amen. And everyone else who's called and prayed and, and offered to help and done things to help, thank you. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to continue on this morning with our um, series. I'm interested to see how I manage a microphone, a clicker, a Bible, and an iPad with one hand. So just bear with me, have patience, and we'll see how we go. We're going to continue on with our series about what's the point. And uh, we understand as Christians, at least on some basic level, that Christians go to church. Amen. Everyone awake this morning? Amen. <laughs> We understand, I wonder if I can do this. No, that's not going to work. We understand that at some basic level, Christians are meant to go to church. But what is the point? Why do we congregate? 
Why do we gather together? Why do we do what we do? Why is our service such that we have a, a prayer time and then a worship time and then we have our offering and then we have the preaching and then we have a, an altar call? What is the point of it? So, in the first week... Hang on. Oh, excuse me. No, it's not going to work for me. Okay, so... Tell me, Brother Stan, is there a pop-up on my computer right there saying update or something like that? Just click not now. <laughs> I think that's what it's tried to do. Okay. Voila. In the first week, we spoke about what is the point of congregation. We spoke about what is, what is so good about when a church comes to congregate because we're not the only people that congregate, amen? Sports teams congregate to play a game. Sports fans congregate to watch their team. Business, businesses congregate together to discuss strategy. We call them meetings, things like that. And then we spoke about what is the point of the church service? Why do we do what we do in church? You know, what is, what is the point of our church service? And, and we spoke about how our church service, really the whole thing, is an opportunity of sacrifice, right? That's why we come to church. We bring our sacrifice of our time. We bring a sacrifice of our praise and our worship. We bring a sacrifice of our finances, our money as well, as we bless God's kingdom. We bring our sacrifice of our lives when we listen to the preaching and we respond to God's word. <laughs> praise the Lord. We're having technical difficulties here. The next thing we spoke about, I'll just keep talking, is we spoke about evangelism. about was what is the point of evangelism because there's no real point in just gathering together and not doing anything or just having a church service and then leaving and going well that was a great church service but nothing really came out of it right the whole point of everything that happens in the church service is to empower us and equip us and enable us so that when we leave this place we can make a difference in the world amen i might try that again we come to the church service so that we are empowered and equipped and enabled to leave this little congregation that we have here and go out into the world and reach for people who are hungry, who are hurting, who are lost. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And so today we're going to do a slightly different thing. If we understand what is the point of, of a congregation, what is the point of a church service, what is the point of evangelism, we're going to take a few minutes this morning to discuss something that maybe we haven't really discussed too much in this church, and it's going to be quite an open and honest session. We're going to talk about, what's the point of a pastor? What's my job in all of this? Where do I fit in? What's the point of me? Right, exactly. That's part of it. But we're going to talk a little bit this morning. I'm just going to share with you what, what I see my role as, as your pastor. What does that actually mean for everybody here? What should you be expecting me to do? How do I interact with you? So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. 
Hebrews 13, and we're going to read verse 17. I wonder if we could just stand as we read God's Word. It's something I want to try and implement in our church here, just as a, a sign of respect for the Word of, word of God. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Everyone say amen when you're there. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Amen. Say amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. So as a result of reaching out, we bring people to church. Amen. I mean, that's the ultimate goal of evangelism, right? We want to be able to reach people out there, bring them into here so we can share with them what we've got, right? We bring them into God's house, and then God's house has got someone in charge, and that's called a pastor. That's me. Amen. But I think um, as I consider the role of the pastor, I think that the role of the pastor is often one of the most misunderstood jobs that exist. How do I know that? Well, maybe not so much within our church in particular, but many people that I speak to out in the world when they say, so, so what do you do on the weekend? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, you're a pastor. Man, that's a sweet gig, isn't it? All you need to do is just get up and talk for like 40 minutes and then take home a paycheck. I mean, it's sweet, right? How did you get to, can I be a pastor? I want to be a pastor too, right? It's very misunderstood what we actually do. A lot of people see just the very visible aspect of pastry, which is getting up on Sunday and preaching the word of the Lord, right? People think, well, that's all the pastor does. That's only the pastor's job. But if you do an actual Google search on pastors, and I did this, it's quite interesting when you look at it, but the average pastor actually works between 55 to 75 hours per week. The average pastor. Now, that's a lot more than a full-time job, isn't it? What's a full-time job? Like 40 hours a week, maybe? So the average pastor works a lot more than an actual full-time job. And, and pastors, as a, as a general rule... Right, So I'm not saying this is necessarily me, but as a general rule, pastors tend to experience a lot of feelings of stress, isolation, insecurity, worry about their ministry's impact on their families, and sometimes they even battle with depression. Most of you know my testimony. I've had a battle with depression before in my life, before I was pastoring, so I know what that's like. Right? So I know what to watch out for, and I know when I'm starting to feel like that. Right, But it's a common thing that pastors report. In addition to the weight that comes from caring for a church of people with needs, because we all have needs, amen. Every one of us have needs that we want God to meet. But in addition to looking after a church with people who have needs and a community out there that needs to know God, pastors often have spiritual, times of spiritual warfare as well. Times where the enemy is trying to take them out. Times when the enemy is trying to discourage them and tell them that they're not doing a good job and everyone's against you and you should just quit, right? Spiritual warfare I'm talking about here. And these are times that require additional prayer. But in spite of all of these things, pastors press on. They keep pastoring. Why? Because what I do as your pastor, it is far more than just a job. Amen. It is far more than just, well, here I go. I've got to go to church again. God, I'm going to see Brother Isaac again. Oh, man, here we go again. Amen? Amen? 
But it's not like that at all, because when you are called to pastor, it's actually a calling. It's something that gets down into your heart. And so when I look you in the eyes and I say, I love you, brother, I love you, sister, it is actually genuine. I mean it with all of my heart, right? I love each and every person that's here today, from the youngest to the oldest, right? And I worry about you, and I pray for you, and I care for you, and that makes it more of a calling than just a job, a job you can walk away from. A job, you can go, well, I don't like how much I'm getting paid anymore. I'm going to quit and go find another job. I don't like the boss anymore. I'm going to quit and go find another job. But when you are called to do something, when it's your calling, it goes beyond just a job title. Amen? So what do I see as the five? I've got five fingers there. Five. (laughs) The five different traits that I think a pastor should have. And these are the five things that that I try and implement in my life. These are the five things that you can expect from me. Someone say amen. Amen. The five things that I try and build into my life as a pastor. The first one is primarily, or if, if, let me just take a backward step here. What does the word pastor mean? Does anyone know? Shepherd, right. You're meant to take a little bit more time. Right. The pastor, the word pastor just means shepherd. That's all it means. If we turn in our Bibles to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 3. And verse 15. Bible says in Jeremiah 4 verse 15, it says, And I will give you pastors or shepherds according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so when the Bible uses the word pastor, it's used with the understanding that the example is a shepherd. It looks at what a shepherd does and goes, well, that's very similar to what a pastor does for the church. Amen. So what you see a shepherd doing, and I'm talking about shepherds in, in Bible days now, Right, What you see them doing for their sheep is what you see the pastor doing for the church. Amen. So here's, here's the five things. The first thing that a pastor does is the pastor must rescue Christ's sheep who are lost in the world. Amen. It is my job to find sheep who have gone astray. Right? You think about it in terms of a shepherd. That was a shepherd's job, right? We see the, the parable that Jesus told about um, the lost sheep, right? There was a hundred sheep. One of them went astray. The shepherd left the 99. What did he do? He went out to find the one, right? That's the pastor's job. That's my job. That's what I try and do. When I see sheep going astray, I come and try and help them and bring them back to a fold. I've got a few scriptures here, but Matthew chapter 9, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. And here's an example from Jesus who is is the chief shepherd and the one that all the other shepherds report to, amen. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, it says, But when he, he being Jesus, saw the multitudes, 
He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He saw them scattered. He saw them all over the place, lost, not knowing where they were. And Jesus wanted to bring them back together, right? And that is what I like to try and do as the pastor, right? I like to bring people who used to be a part of this church, but for whatever reason have decided to leave, right? I want to try and reach them. I want to try and bring them back. What does that mean for you? That means if you stop coming to church, I'm going to be ringing you. Hey, we missed you on Sunday. Are you okay? What's going on? Are you all right? Can we help? Have you broken a leg somewhere? You need me to come and help you. Have you broken a leg spiritually? And you need me to come help you, right? That's the pastor's job. My job is to go out there and try and get the sheep back into the sheepfold and say, hey, come on, there is security in numbers. And we spoke about this when we were talking a couple of weeks ago about gathering together as a congregation. There is security in numbers because you build one another up, you encourage one another, you strengthen one another. But when one of the sheep leave the group and get out in the world by themselves, they become very vulnerable. Amen. You look at the way that wild dogs attack flocks of sheep. What do they do? They go after the ones that are on the edges, the ones on the outside, the ones that have strayed away from the main flock, right? But the ones that are in the group under the eye of the shepherd, they're the ones that are safe. Amen. So that's that's one of the things that I feel like is my job as the pastor, is to go out and reach the sheep that are lost. The second thing, The second thing is that pastors are feeders. We are feeders. We feed. And pastors, or or, or I guess me, as your pastor, I am responsible for feeding God's sheep spiritually. Amen. And although Jesus Christ and His church have always been and should always be involved with meeting the needs of people physically, meeting their spiritual needs is more important. Amen. We spoke a little bit about this last week, I think, when we were talking about evangelism. It is very important the church reaches out to help people in the community, people who are not as well off as us. But the goal needs to be, how can we help them know Jesus Christ? If all we are doing is feeding people, then really we're missing the point, right? That's the Salvation Army's thing. That's what they do. Right? They're the ones that do all the charitable work. Right, We want to help people, don't get me wrong. We'll be involved in charity. But we do it with an aim of meeting people and bringing them in so that they can know Jesus. That's the point. Right? So shepherds are feeders. Amen. And we do this through Bible-based advice, through praying, praying, through preaching, through teaching. And through all of these things, we provide spiritual food for the flock. That's why it's so important to come to these life classes. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but these life classes are generally a lot deeper than our main service. Why? Because in the main service, we get visitors coming. We get people who have never been to church before. right? But in our life class, we start feeding people meat. Right? Praise the Lord. This all makes sense, right? Okay, that's good. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 25. Let me give you a scripture for this. Sorry, John chapter 21, rather. I don't think there is a John 25. 
the story here is after Jesus has risen from the dead and he's spending time with, with the disciples. John 21 and verse 15. Say amen when you're there. It says, So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. How do I demonstrate my love for Jesus? I do it in the way that I minister and I preach and I teach to you. Because God has called me to show how much I love Him by looking after you. That's why when I look after you and you're sick or you're hurt or you've you got questions about God's Word, when I, when I love you, I'm loving you like Jesus loves you. And I'm showing Jesus that I want to help Him. And I'm showing Him how much I love Him by taking care of what belongs to Him. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we are feeders. That's the, that's the second one. The third one. What is the third thing that I see as being a shepherd of this church? The third thing is, is that I am the leader. The pastor is the leader. The pastor sets the direction for the local church. The pastor must lead the church into deeper dimensions of God's spirit as the church grows in God. This means that as the pastor, I have to direct the church towards things that will aid your spiritual walk and must steer you away from things that can lead you astray. Right? That's why I keep harping on. Read your Bible. Make sure you pray. Be in church. Talk to your kids about Jesus. Read them a Bible story. Why? Because I'm trying to say, hey, come on. Get closer to God. Let's get closer to God, church. I'm leading you to say, this is how we need to do it. Right? This is what we need to do. Right? Turn with me in your Bibles again. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I've got lots more scriptures than this. I'm kind of skipping a couple because um, one of time, but two, it's just very slow going with one hand. I'm not even used to flipping in my Bible with my left hand. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 4. And verse 16, it says, Take heed unto thyself. Right, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt save both thyself, or thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So as the leader, it's important to understand that the shepherd is a leader and a shepherd leads from the front. Right, a shepherd never drives their sheep. You understand what I mean by that? Come here, you guys. You help me out. Stand up for me. Right? Stand in front of me. Face that way. No, you stand here. Face stand in front of me. And both face that way, right? Turn around. I want to see your backs. Right? Okay. A shepherd is not sitting here going, right, go, go. Let's go. Onward. We're living for Jesus. Go, go. Right? That's not what a shepherd does. 
That's driving. What a shepherd does is this. Okay, face me. Okay, a shepherd says, come on, let's go. This way. Here we're going to explore God's word over here. Here we're going to learn something about how God loves us. Here we're going to learn about how God wants us to grow. Right? I'm leading them. And the only way I can lead them, thank you, you can sit down. The only way I can lead them is if I am living my life consistent with God's word as well. Why? Because I've got a bunch of sheep watching me from behind. Right? <laughs> That's scary sometimes. <laughs> Amen. The shepherd has to lead from the front. For those of you who are in the ministry development class, for those of you who feel that you've got to call a God on your life to preach, you need to understand you've got to lead from the front. You've got to lead your own house well. Amen. You've got to be a man or a woman of prayer. Your family needs to know that you're a man or a woman of prayer. They need to see you being faithful in church. Why? Because eventually you're going to have sheep that will be following you. And if they, they will do what they see their leaders do. Hello. Praise the Lord. So shepherds are leaders. I see myself as a leader of the church. The fourth thing. So what was the first one? The first one was I am a rescuer. The second one is I am a feeder. The third one, I am a leader. And the fourth one, what do I see? The fourth thing is my, my role as your shepherd, your pastor. The fourth one is, is that I am a protector. Everyone say protector. Sometimes being a shepherd means providing a word of caution. Who likes it when the pastor comes up to you and says, well, you know, I really don't think you ought to be doing that. nice is it but see the shepherd is the protector right sometimes that means providing a word of caution sometimes that means setting up a fence saying no 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 no, just stay away from there don't go there right sometimes it means setting up a boundary you know what you really should not do that i recommend that you don't date that person you don't go out with that person you don't hang out in that part of town you don't hang out with these kind of people Right? It's setting up boundaries. Why? Because as the shepherd, the shepherd can see a lot more than what the sheep can see. Amen. This is quite an interesting topic, isn't it? We're talking about what is the point of the pastor. The pastor must also protect the church from the negative influence of the world and from the temptation of the enemy. Amen. The pastor is the watchman on the wall, ready and waiting to sound the alarm at the sign of danger. Look at this, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, we'll read verse uh, 28. Say amen when you're there. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you the overseer, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. It is my job to watch over the church. 
Amen. The verse we read back in Hebrews, at the beginning in Hebrews chapter 13. Why? Because I have to give an account for your souls. Right? That doesn't mean that God is going to hold me responsible for where you've let God down. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean you can live however you want to live. But if I'm not preaching God's word to you, if I'm not teaching you the right path to walk and the right way to live your life, then God is going to hold me responsible because you're not going to know. Amen? But if I've done all I can, if I have sounded the alarm, and there's a passage in Jeremiah that talks about this in particular, talks about the watchman on the wall. It says, if the watchman on the wall sounds the alarm and the people in the city just ignore it and don't do anything, and the enemy comes and takes any of them, destroys any of them, their blood will be on their own head. The watchman will be clear. He sounded the alarm. But if the watchman, if the pastor, if I see these influences creeping into the church and I don't sound the alarm and people begin to walk out on God, people lose it over God, they, they leave the kingdom, they turn back from God, then God's going to be asking me why I didn't do my job. That's a pretty heavy responsibility, isn't it? That's why I take my responsibility very seriously. Because when I sit down and I talk to you and I say, hey, brother, you know, we really need to work on this together. You know, the way that you said this or the way that you did that was not right. I'm not doing it because I don't like you. I'm doing it because I love you. Think about it like this. A little child walks towards a stove and they put their hand on a pot of boiling water and they're about to pull it down. You don't go up to that kid and go, excuse me, little Johnny. Please, would you not touch that handle? That might hurt you. No, you holler at that kid. You grab him and you yank him away from the stove. You don't care if you hurt his arm. You don't care if he's scared. You don't care if he's upset. Why? Because you love him. If you didn't love him, you just go, well, off you go then. Good luck with that. Hello? That makes sense, doesn't it? It's the same spiritually. When I come to you and I start trying to correct you or give you some guidance or give you some understanding, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I love you. If I didn't love you, I'd just go, well, bless God. They're on their way out. See ya. Amen? Amen. So pastors are protectors. Let's move on. What is the last thing that I think is my responsibility to the church? I am a comforter. Shepherds are with sheep in moments when sheep are afraid and uncertain. That's why sheep, or shepherds rather, sleep in the field with their sheep. You look at it in old times. You know, shepherds were not exactly the nicest smelling people. Shepherds stunk. Do you know why? Because they slept with sheep. They ate with sheep. They spent their whole time with sheep. Right? Pastors can be the same. Pastors should be the same. I am not someone who who's, tries to separate myself and go, well, I am the pastor and you guys are all the sheep and I'm going to be over here. You stay over there with all your problems and circumstances. Don't talk to me because I don't want to start smelling like you. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, you smell good today. <laughs> But how do you see this? You'll see this happen when during the, during the worship service. If I see someone really worshiping and praising God or someone with a burden on their heart, I'll go pray for them in the middle of the worship service. I'll lay my hand on them. I'll put my arm around them. 
right? Because I want to be with my people. I want to be with the people who are hurting. I want to comfort the people who don't know what to do. I want to try and help and try and give direction, try and heal. Amen? Because a shepherd is a comforter. Praise the Lord. And of course, on top of all of that, preaching and teaching is an important part of the pastor's role as well. We know the Bible tells us that how shall they hear except that someone be sent. Amen. The preaching is important because it is through the preaching of God's Word that many people hear God's Word. Amen. Amen. But really, preaching accounts for such a small percentage of my time. Praise the Lord. Okay, last few minutes, I want to talk about something else. We've been talking about what is my responsibility to the pastor. What is your responsibility to the pastor? Everyone look at the person next to you say, put your seatbelts on. <laughs> we focused on the pastor's responsibility to us, but we have responsibilities to the pastor as well. Let's go to 1 Kings. Chapter 19. And we're going to read from verse 19. First Kings chapter 19, 19. Everyone say amen when you're there. It says, So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shepat who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? So he returned back from him, took a yoke of oxen, slew them, boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave them unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Amen. It is the pastor's job to be all those things we spoke about, rescuer, feeder, leader, protector, comforter. It is the sheep's job to serve the pastor. Amen. We should obey our pastor when I preach and when I teach from God's Word. That's the caveat. If I'm not preaching and teaching God's Word, feel free to not obey me. I'm okay with that. Because as soon as I'm not preaching and teaching God's Word, I'm just another man. Right? It's God's Word that makes the difference. Amen. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you. So we are to obey our pastor. We should follow our pastor and respect boundaries that are placed in front of us. Hey, I've had a pastor before. I know what it's like to be under a pastor. I know what it's like to have my pastor tell me, No, Jason, don't do that. And every time I've ignored my pastor, which I did as well, it's ended up costing me. Every time I've listened to my pastor, I've been blessed by God. Because there is a promise that comes with obeying them that have the rule over you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we should follow our pastor and respect boundaries that he places in front of us. The second responsibility that we have to our pastor, everyone say amen, amen. is that the pastor needs assistance 
with the duties of the church. And we can help our pastor by helping with the work of the church. Guess what? I'm going to let you in on a little secret, all right? Maybe we should turn the recording off so no one else hears this, okay? You ready for this? I am not a superhuman. I make mistakes. I get tired. I have a lot on my plate. And I love it when people come to me and say, hey, pastor, can I help out with this in the church? I love it when I tap people on the shoulder and I say, hey, can you do this for me? And they go, absolutely, pastor. I'd love to do that. And they carry it out with faithfulness and responsibility and it gets done and it takes it off my plate so I don't have to worry about it. Amen. That's a blessing to me. And that's what we need to understand is that we are a body. It's not just one man band here. Just because I'm the one with the microphone doesn't mean I'm the one that does everything. Well, you're all very quiet. It's true, though. Amen. We cannot do everything, but we should do what our hand finds to do. Colossians 3 verse 23 tells us that. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. Amen. See, here's the thing. When you get behind what we're trying to do with this church and the vision that the leadership team has, when you get behind it and you start doing things, you're not doing it to please me. You're not doing it to please the leadership team. You're doing it to please God. And He is the one who is pleased with you. Amen. He is the one that blesses you. He's the one that exalts you. Amen. But we get behind what God is trying to do in the church and we help out and we do what we can. Amen. I don't think I can read this on my notes. Tell you what, Brother Kenneth, how about you come read this for me? Come. The pastor needs to be ministered to personally. It is appropriate to honor and show appreciation for our pastor. Many churches celebrate a pastor appreciation month or week. For this very reason, 1 Timothy 5.17. Let's go see what 1 Timothy 5.17. Thank you, Brother Ken. You can see why I didn't want to read that, right? But this is all good to know. Because you know what? I'm not going to be your pastor forever. There will one day be another pastor in this church. And when that pastor wants to take over, I want him to be able to come in and you guys just love him because he's your pastor. Care for him because he's your pastor. Hey, you could have had a new pastor this week. Amen. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Amen. 1 Timothy 5.17. Listen to this. It says, Let the elders that rule well be counted of double honor counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Amen. That's why I appreciate so much what some people have done for me this weekend. I don't know, I shouldn't embarrass people, I guess, but Brother Isaac tied my tie this morning. I couldn't tie my tie. Sister Janie doesn't know how to tie ties. But I asked him, can you tie my tie? He said, oh, it would be my honor. Do you know how that made me feel? That made me feel so good. I almost got a little teary when he was tying my tie because I thought, here he is. I can't do this. And he's so willing to help out. That's the kind of attitude a pastor loves to see. When you're asked to do something, I'd love to, pastor. Please let me help. 
It's beautiful. And God loves that. That's what God loves. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand this morning? And go to the Lord in prayer. If anyone's got any questions about what we've talked about today, please do come and see me. I know this is a little bit different. You may not understand everything that I've said today. If you disagree with anything, come and see me. Amen? Please do. And we'll talk about it. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just spend some time in prayer? Hallelujah. Precious Jesus, Lord, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come and learn from your word, oh Jesus. There are many more scriptures in your word that talk about the responsibility that the pastor has to the sheep and the responsibility, Lord, that the church has to the pastor, Lord God. And Lord, sometimes it is a little uncomfortable when we talk about these things, God, but it is your will, Lord, that we we do things well. Because Lord, if we can make everything work well in your kingdom in here, Lord, then it becomes more effective at reaching people out there, Lord Jesus. And Lord, ultimately, our aim, God, is to make it to heaven to make it to spend our eternities with you, Jesus. And, and Lord, sometimes the pastor makes mistakes. The pastor is far from perfect, Lord. But Lord, we know, God, that you have placed who you have placed here according to your will. We know, Lord, that the leadership that are here are placed according to your will. We know that every person that's here today, Lord, is here according to your will, Lord God. So, Lord, I pray, God, that as we work together in our mission to reach this city, Lord, that we would learn to operate within the roles and within the boundaries that you've set for us, oh God. That we would learn to get behind your vision for this city, your vision for this church, Lord God. That we wouldn't let our attitudes, Lord, our problems get in the way, oh God. But, Lord, that we would understand that we are here for a far greater purpose than anything else that this world has to offer, God. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be effective in your kingdom, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to work together effectively in this church, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Shake hands with one another.